For the past decade, our teams have been working incredibly hard to make some big and much needed changes in how we develop leaders while at work. I challenge you to forge your own path in your own leadership evolution. Consider one that makes the lives of people around you and the business better by building more purpose-driven leaders and relationships with your teams. We need to build leaders who truly care about those they see and engage each and every day. We invite you to hear more about our own leadership and cultural journey, and the impactful stories will surely resonate with you and your teams. Well, welcome back to the Built to Lead podcast. I'm Edgar Cabello, one of the leadership directors here at Lippert Industries, and I am pleased today to have with me in our studio, Eric Nielsen. Eric is one of our GMs at one of our largest plants within the company. And uh, Eric's become a friend of mine over the last couple of years, and it's just a pleasure to have you on, Eric. So welcome. Thank you. I appreciate hey, it. Hey, man, you bet. Let me give, let me give him a, just a little bit of background about you, okay? So you, you're, you're not – we have a lot of people in our company that have kind of come up from within the ranks. You know, maybe even Lippert was their first job, or at least manufacturing was. Not the case for you. So Eric's background um, is in teaching, but before that, he was a college baseball player, played catcher. He was the catcher at, at Purdue. Uh, during his college career there and trained to be a teacher, went into it, went into teaching and coaching. And that kind of informed like the path for his life. And when I first met Eric, he was kind of taking a look at the company. And I, I, it was one of his first days, I think, that he walked in the door at Lippert. And so we mm -hmm. got to know him and I'd known his brother who was who was with us at the time. And so it's been just a really cool thing. It's only been what, just over three years since you've yep, been with us now? Just over three years. Okay. So, so Eric's not um, I, I, I would say a manufacturing purebred, like you, you kind of came from someplace else. So give us a little bit more background and then why you ended up at Lippert. Sure. Um, I think the biggest thing for me in my whole life, I, I've always been about impact. Yeah. And, and when I was going through school, um, I found all my impact through sports and, um, you know, I, I told myself like, I want to be able to give back, you know, the things that I've been given by other people and, and that led me to coaching, okay. uh, teaching and coaching. So, uh, when I went to school, it was it was hey, I want to be able to impact young children or young kids' lives um, in athletics, but also in the classroom. Um, and so I went that route. And and as I went on that journey and and got out of college and um, you know, started a life with my wife, um, it was like I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. It was addicting. I loved helping people and, and mentoring and stuff like that. So. Um, you know, as that journey continued, uh, we were in Indianapolis at the time. Okay. Um, and I, I taught at two high schools there in Indy on the east side. And we ended up moving back because our whole family basically was in this area, uh, her side, my side, um, so on and so forth. And when you start having kids and you don't, you always have to find a sitter and you don't have family, <laughs> it's just rough. So we ended up moving back and um, I, I took a job at Concord High School and okay. started teaching and coaching there. And um, it got to the point in my career where I wanted something more um, and I couldn't define what it was. Mm -hmm. And so my brother who started at Lippert had said, hey, man, like, you know, I, I talked to Jason. I love Jason. I love where he's going, where the company's going. I love the culture. Like, you you can be a part of this and you could succeed. And uh, it was scary um, because I was leaving something that I was comfortable with. Absolutely. I was leaving, you know, pension um, that, I, that I knew that I would get in a couple of years and – but for me, it was more about um, 
where I feel like I was led. Yeah. And when, as soon as I started spending some time with the leadership here, it was like, oh my gosh, this isn't any different from teaching and coaching. It That's what it is. Wow. And um, I realized that there was a platform of impact that was even larger than what I had at Concord. So yeah. I decided to make the leap of faith. And uh, I, I met with Jason um, in the old corporate on County Road 6 and uh, he said, you're going to aftermarket. And I had no clue what that was or <laughs> what, what manufacturing was or warehousing or anything. And I just said, okay. Right, and so I, I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that um, if, you, if you give effort and you care about people, um, the company is going to take care of the rest. And that's why I'm where I'm at now. So, so make no make no mistake about it. Eric's been a very fast learner, and um, I would say a, a rising leader within the company. And we recognize that along the way, um, from his days in aftermarket, which was mostly distribution, then coming into the production world, and then that was a whole new game for you too, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Tell us a little bit about how, because you you were then assigned from our Mishawaka um, location to. Uh, a facility in Goshen, Plant 45, where you're at now and acting as the GM at this point in time. But when you came in the door, what was that like? It was scary. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a pretty competitive person, um, pretty confident person. But, you know, when I showed up and there's sparks flying everywhere and hammers or, um, you know, going, and it's just like a crazy, it seems like chaos, but it's very controlled, obviously. But um, I went from um, how, how am I going to get product off of these the racks and, and delivered to the proper area so that they get on the truck to how are we going to take this raw steel and create this extravagant, awesome product, right? right. And um, Called an axle. Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay. Right? Just to be clear. Yeah. And, um, you know, just the, the amount of people, um, the pace, yeah. that was all different for me. But I, I embrace that. I, I Usually I'm at my best when... I'm thrown into a situation and have to react right. versus it being a long played out deal. So it was great when, when I was told, Hey, you're going to 45. I'm like, great. Don't even know what that is or yeah. where it's at. I just knew they sent us some product over an aftermarket. And, um, I, you know, I was, I was all in. Yeah. So. Excellent. So you came in, I think as like an MM or PM level. Yeah. An MM. Okay. And then you, then you got moved into a, got a promotion, went into the PM. And, and I think that's when you and I kind of started our relationship together. And at that point in time, you were like starting to dig it, like really get into it mm-hmm. and getting your head and your arms around all of it. And you were like, I, I can see a career here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't know how much I'd like manufacturing until I was in it. Okay. And um, it, it, it's just so, um, I, I say addicting, but it's just one of these things where it's so beautiful to watch all of that stuff come together. And um, especially in the weld shop, my first month there, I, when I was appointed the plant manager, I was like, I'm going to go get trained how to weld. And um, I spent a week in weld training. Um, and then the second week took a test and passed the test and then, out on the floor, you know, Fridays, every Friday, my, my goal was to get out there and weld with the guys. Okay. Um, and so I really enjoyed that and being able to analyze a process and look at how efficiently you can do that process to complete a product. And, and, um, and then the whole quality mix comes into play. And, you know, when I was in aftermarket, we didn't have to worry as much about quality because there were finished products sure. that had been already QC'd or checked, um, from the plants. So, it's just a, it's just an awesome um, environment, and uh, I, I learned to love it. And, so. and I think one of the things that we recognized in Eric along the way was his ability to connect with people, his desire to work alongside the people, to always keep the 
flow of communication going. So it's funny. I'm going to, I'm going to hit, hit the gas a little bit and fast forward to the, to the day that you became the GM and when we announced it to the plant. And I remember there, we, there are a lot of people at plant 45, you know, uh, anywhere between 900, a thousand people pretty much all the time. And, um, when we announced it to the different groups, cause I was in those meetings that day, it, it was so interesting to me because I, I've never been in an announcement where somebody, somebody's selection was applauded. And that was the case at plant 45. And I think a lot of that was the time investment and that he had made in his people leading up to his assignment as the GM. Um, for him to become the GM of a business unit, a large business unit in such a short period of time is, is, is really nothing short of, of, of pretty amazing, to be honestly, to be honest with you. But um, Eric wouldn't say that. I'm saying it. But we've been really proud of him and the work that he's done. And um, but mostly, I would say it's his commitment to his people that, that got our attention. He's a fast learner. He picked up the nuts and bolts along the way, so to speak. But, um, but, but Eric, what we've really loved is the way that you've paid attention to all of your people. So as it turns out, the topic that we're going to kick around today for a little bit, and I thought you'd be a great, um, a, a great voice for this within Lippert, it is the, the part of our playbook is to make sure that we're taking time to celebrate and recognize our people. And you guys have gone the extra mile at 45, in my opinion, from what I've seen. So um, I know you're really proud of that. And I know your team is really proud of that because you guys are put in a lot of effort, a lot of, a lot of work, a lot of creativity, all those types of things. And, and a few bucks along the way also, right. To make sure that your team um, is celebrated and recognized for the great work they're doing. So why is that so important to you? Well, I'll tell you, there, there's a couple of reasons why. Um, the first reason is that most of what I learned and most of the things, the accomplishments that we had as a team never came from me. Nothing was from me um, and, and even not even from the people who reported directly to me. It, it always came from the team members. And um, the more time I spent with those individuals, the more I learned about their families, what makes them tick, um, and, and how they go about their business, and what work really means to them, what's their why, all these things. And it's just like amazing. Everybody has a story, and everybody has um, something interesting that you'll never forget about them. And through those relationships, that's where I started to become successful is because I listened to the things that they were saying were either issues or could be improved or things like that. And like every time I did that, we were successful. Yeah. And I never worried about the numbers because the people felt invested in it. And so the piece that I had to realize that, great, I'm learning from them and we're interacting and we're building relationships, but was I having the impact that I thought I could have? And, sure. and I wasn't. And so I'm like, hey, let's start celebrating people on a whole other level. Um, and that started before I became a GM. Um, I love love celebrating people because it makes you feel good too, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but just the journey of figuring out how you celebrate them yeah, yeah. And, and what things you do and how you're creative, I mean, that brought the team together too. Yeah. Um, and it became a very intimate department where yeah. we, all, we all had each other's back and we all cared for each other. And when you can, as a leadership team, feel like you're that bonded and close to your team members, um, watch out. You guys can do some great things. So. so so when we talk about cultural development and and leadership development, like those are the types of things that we're talking about. Like it's the 
effort and the time that you spend into making some things happen. Like they don't just happen on their own. Like you have to actually do the work to make sure that things happen. So when we talk about our leadership and culture playbook, this is one of the plays for us. And so, and it's happening in, in all of our facilities and it's happening in a very dynamic way at Plant 45. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've been part of it. I've been uh, uh, witness to it a number of different times and, it, and it's pretty pretty spectacular. So I, I want to kind of get into, um, Eric, just a couple of those key things that you guys have done. Like, what are the ones that you're most proud of? And, mm-hmm. and I know, I guess I'll preface it by saying like, you've done some stuff that's kind of like, they're the the big, like, big effort kind of celebration and recognition type of things. Then there's the small stuff that a lot of us wouldn't even know about unless we heard about it. So it's happening at every level. It's happening in a number of different ways. So kind of give us something scaled. Like what's the, give us like some of the small stuff that we could easily miss on up to some of the big stuff. And let's talk about that if you will. Sure. Um, Well, every, every week we started doing what we call GFIs, just fix it. And so we'd walk around the plant and see the submissions and the team members would present or the leader that did it would present. And um, it was just so cool to see those guys' eyes light up when the whole leadership team is out there and we're clapping for them and recognizing them. And I, I was, the first thing was, let's bring these guys and girls up uh, every Thursday to start our 8 a.m. production meeting, okay. and we are going to recognize them, celebrate them. Every week. And send them back to the floor feeling really good. Awesome. And we do that every single week. It's something small that we do, but I think it has a huge impact. Yeah. So the and, JFI, is it's, it's one of those small like quick hitters, we call them, right? Right. That has to do with continuous improvement or kind of lean manufacturing, those types of things. So it yep. almost becomes like a little bit of a foray into people's understanding about lean, right? Absolutely. So it has multi-purposes. Yep, yep. And and not only do we bring the team members up um, on Thursdays, but we also, for the GFI winners, I mean, if you win the GFI, I mean, Chase Sheely ordered this huge banner, you know, and uh, they get to display it in their area. Right. We've got GFI shirts that we give out and um, – and so it's just it's just a great way to even have a platform to recognize people uh, every single week. That's and awesome. The, I, love I think it. the biggest thing is to to recognize people is great, but it cannot it cannot stop, slow down, um, become stale. Wow. Um, you have to. It's always it's continuous. Okay. Um, if you keep that fresh and you're always doing something, it becomes an expectation and a culture. So you may say, man, 45 does a great job of recognizing people. But I, for me, I think we do a good job, yep. um, but we, we're still not there yet. For sure. You know, okay. we're never content with Fair enough. where we're at. Yeah, so. I, I love it. So so JFI, you, you have some other small, smaller things that could easily get missed, right? But, but they're really important because it becomes part of the expectation of your team. So you were telling me uh, one pre-show. Um, about quality. Tell me about yeah. that one. Yeah. So when I was at 39, um, we started a, a quality recognition program because at an aftermarket, you don't have QCs per se. I mean, okay. it's it's your guys that are packing the boxes, that are um, stacking the skids, that are pulling the parts. And, you know, we were having a lot of quality issues from just those processes alone. And so, you know, I said, hey, let's let's start tallying all the quality issues that are found within the shop and you know keep track of how many people find um, how, however many and start recognizing those people uh, who who find the most right and it became like a big competition yeah. and uh, I, I thought why don't we do that at 45 yeah. we, we do have QCs but with the amount of product we ship out of there there's no way that you catch 
every single thing. We, we like to say quality is everybody's job, right? Not right. just the quality control people. Right, exactly. And so we wanted to find a way to incentivize, but more importantly, recognize the people that are finding those issues yep. constantly on the floor. And so our Quality Warrior program um, is pretty cool. That's what it does, right? And and we've got a cool Quality Warrior t-shirt and they get recognized um, on our recognition walk in okay. front of their team. And, right. Um, the quality team says some things about the individual, and that's awesome. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's been super impactful, and um, it's really helped the eye on quality be from not just the QCs but the team members. Yeah, I love that. I love it. So, so scale up a little bit. So those are kind of those are those are some ones that you guys do on a weekly basis, right? They've become part of the expectation of what um, your team at Plant Forty Five expects to see, like start to work up the ladder a little bit, the stuff that makes a little bit more noise than, than those might make. Sure. Um, we're our recognition meeting on wheels. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, we're, again, we're constantly changing it and stuff, but yeah. it, it, it came from COVID. It yeah. was okay. one of these things where COVID hits and, uh, you know, we're going off the CDC guidelines and it's like, man, you can't have a certain amount of people within, you know, six feet. You can't have a certain amount of people in a room. And, Traditionally, um, our recognition meetings had been in our huge break room, right? Where you're bringing in two, three hundred team members, and ha- it's three, shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're literally sitting shoulder yeah. to shoulder, and uh, we just couldn't do that. And um, and we had always been thinking, how do we spice that up, right? <laughs> and so with COVID, it's like we had to get super creative. And um, what we did was, <laughs> I, I popped in Chase's office, one of my AGMs. Um, I, I popped his office. I said, Hey, we got to spice this up. We we can't let COVID, you know, ruin our ability to make impact and, and recognition. We can't let it stop that. And I said, what do you think? And we just kind of started spitballing and it was like, <laughs> you know, like it just blew up, you know, hey, why don't we take recognition to the people on the floor where they can still stay in their work cells, but maybe just gather a little bit closer together and uh, we can do it cell by cell instead of having everybody come in and and it started with me bringing in my my side by side, and I'm pulling, you know, a Playco board that we had made so it can attach to the side by side, and we had music, and we were pulling uh, a bunch of boxes of shirts and, and gear and candy, and you name it, right? right. And um, the first couple runs were rough, yeah. Uh, but as we started to learn what how it should go and what what makes it tick. Um, it, it's been a huge hit and the people love it because yeah. it's not getting pulled off the floor and you're going to sit down in a nice air conditioned room and get a little tired. You know, it's just not stale. Yeah. Right. And um, I think it's been really cool. I think it's been fantastic. And, and, and so just, just to be clear, so this actually happens on the shop floor mm-hmm. and you've got, you, you, when you say a side-by-side, it's a <laughs> four wheel vehicle, yeah. right? Yeah. We use a golf cart now. Oh, you use a golf yeah. cart now. Yeah. Okay. And so, and you're pulling around game boards and music's playing. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's a little bit of a party on the move, right? Yeah. Throughout <laughs> yeah. the shop floor. And so people see it come into their cell and everybody, everything shuts down for a minute, right? For maybe right. like 10, 12 minutes or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You do the recognition and the celebration stuff. And then, you know, so people are laughing, playing games, listening to music, high-fiving each other. And then, then you move on. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So like, what's been the reaction overall to that? Uh, I think the team members have been really pleased with the fact that we're, we're still keeping them 
in their areas and that that when it's done they can boom they're back to work and yeah. doing their thing and yeah. um, that's been a big deal but i think just being able to go out and be intimate with that exact right. cell in their space right being being able to mingle and and develop relationships with yep. the team team members that we traditionally in a big room would never even get to of talk course. to right so um you know we've got uh, a big football net and guys are throwing footballs we have basketball we've had putt putt out there and it's just it's interesting because some people will kind of sit back in the distance yep. and then there's others that they want to play nonstop. Yeah. Well, we try to target kind of some of the people that want to sit back to get them involved and and kind of break that, um, break the ice yeah. with those people. And, and it's been and, pretty cool. And I know we've directed like our, our leadership teams to like, hey, mingle, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is a great time to kind of meet somebody you've never met before because it's a big plant. Yeah. Like I always say like uh, plant 45 is like a big high school. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. you can't, you can't really know everybody. So it, treat it like it's like, here's an opportunity to get to shake some hands and meet some people, get to know their name a little bit about them while all the fun is happening. And then maybe they come a little bit closer, right? That I'm going to call a timeout for a second here, Eric, just to say like, it, it might sound to some people that are listening to us right now that all you guys do is sit around and dream up right. celebration and recognition stuff, right? Yeah. To make people smile and things like that. But you guys run a really busy shop. Yeah. And, and so talk about that because not only did COVID force you into um, a way to celebrate people that I think you would, and that most people would agree is better than what you were doing before, right? Absolutely. But the business and the demand and the onslaught that's come your way during that same season of time, mm -hmm. oh my gosh. So talk a little bit about how you balance all of that. Sure. It's not easy. Right. Um, most of the recognition stuff are things that um, can be discussed or um, you know, you, we, we meet once a week in core, we can talk about them in there, but a lot of them are like me just, Hey, calling somebody, what do you think about this? How are we going to celebrate people? You know, and it's, it's not a ton of effort. I mean, honestly, the stuff that we do may seem like it's extravagant, but it's not. Right. Um, and, and it takes time to get them up to speed and up to par to where, you know, they're, they're just an awesome, uh, working thing. Sure. Right. And, I would say we had, you know, again, COVID hit. We then um, came back and, they, you know, we were told 50% maybe when yeah. we come back. Yep. And um, so we were trying to be selective of how many team members we bring back and what run rate we're going to be seeing and stuff like that. And, and it came back way right. beyond 100%. Right. Um, and so that time period, um, even still, it's still kind of going on. But the demand we saw in that time period – of, of from March of last year to the end of the year, yeah. it was unprecedented. Right. And, and it forced the leadership team to be even more plugged in. And yeah. that meant more out on the floor, more intimate with the team members and the business. And I think that really helped. Yeah. Um, and then the other, the other side of it is you come back after, you know, in January after break and it's still, yeah. you know, Pedal to the metal. Right. And it's been that way, especially in our axle department uh, for the whole year. And, and I, I remember uh, our, our VP saying, um, you know, Reese was saying, hey, it's not going to get any better. You know, hang tight. And Bob Boone said, it will be a dogfight yeah. for the rest of the year. And, and they were right. And it is. This episode of Lippert Built to Lead podcast is brought to you by the Lippert Academy for Leadership, the team committed to enhancing your organization's leadership and cultural goals with strategic leadership development programs, on-site training, executive coaching, speaking engagement, and customized solutions. Find out how to get your organization involved at www.lci1.com backslash academy. 
or send us a message at academy at lci1.com. That's academy at lci1.com. It's that. that's and, and, and that's what I wanted to highlight here is so it's like you're still running a business mm. right? all day, every day, right? Yeah. And even like right now, your phone's probably yeah, blowing up while we're trying to see emails here. since yeah, we yeah. started. Yeah. yeah, since we started. Easy. So, <laughs> and, and that's what I want to point out. And it's the commitment to, to, to recognizing and celebrating our people because when they're tired, and let's be honest, right? People are tired right now. Mm-hmm. They're putting in a lot of hours. Um, they're working some weekends and things like that. And it's not an easy time to be mm-hmm. doing this, but, but our, but our people are still like the morale is good. They still show up every day. And I know there's exceptions to that, right? Sure. Of course there are. It's a big, it's a big shot, but, but the commitment to continuing to do those things and to be disciplined about celebration recognition during a high demand time, I think it's been incredibly important. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, 88 in the shop in high humidity and and these guys and girls are um, sweating um, and they're, they're working hard all day long. And the worst thing we want is for them to go home and not only feel like they're defeated because they can't handle the orders or the demand, but also because they're just emotionally and physically yeah. drained. And so little things, um, you know, we'll go around with squirt guns and, <laughs> and, and you know, cool people off. Uh, we've, we hand out popsicles, right. um, just anything, Gatorades, yeah. anything we can do to, to kind of and change I even that love perspective. That. That, that's another small thing too, Eric. And I think what that says is, hey, like we see you. We see that you're struggling. We appreciate the effort that you guys are putting into this, you know. And so I would say, you know, you could stay away. And I think some folks do, but you guys lean in. And, mm-hmm. I, and that's what I love about the whole celebration and recognition culture that continues to develop at, at, our, at our company. And, and of course, at, at Plant 45. So so I, I love it. I love the celebration um, on wheels. I've been part of those before. And they're mm-hmm. just, they're dynamic and it makes people smile. But, you know, it's it's not just... It, it, there's a, it goes a little bit deeper, doesn't it? So it's not just about what you do at work. I, I know one of the reasons why you do what you do is because of like the holistic approach just to helping people. So, I mean, when you think about your team and recognition and celebration, what's been some of the coolest stuff that you've seen happen as a result of that? Uh, the biggest one is relationships. Yeah. Um, you know, when we were in Weld, it was kind of like we were our own entity within the plant. And we, we again, we kept it really tight knit. We were a family and we we uh, we realized that some of the 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 tier three maybe tier four what I would call like line leader team leader level um, people they they don't get to to see a lot of the business um, that we see in on our side but also they don't get the time with those leaders that I think that they should and sure so we started having um, a, an annual um, kind of like celebration dinner and it was a banquet really yeah, okay and. Um, and you know we we would rent the basement out of wings um, here in Mishawaka, and uh, we'd have uh, prizes and awards and um, all these different things. We'd have live music playing. I mean, it was just a really good time. And we encouraged those team members: Hey, bring your families. You know, um, if you want to get away from the kids, bring the wife at least. Right? There you go. So, uh, but it's it was so impactful. And again, the more intimate you get yeah. with it, the more it means to you, and it just makes you want to continue doing that. And, and I know so. some of this has spilled over, like you just described, into some things that happen outside of work. But then we, you saw something happen along the way where we were recognizing some of our people, and then all the social media stuff. The spillover oh, was yeah. happening into their family and friend network too. What was that like? That was the biggest impact. 
you know, before before Jason had this this big push for social media recognition, which is amazing, it's awesome. We uh, we started an undisputed um, award, <laughs> and uh, and basically this undisputed we had this big belt like those wrestling yeah, yeah. WrestleMania belts. <laughs> and, um, basically, it was called the undisputed challenge, and there were different ways that you could earn points based on attendance, quality, output, things like that. And um, we would award it to a team every month. And so when we started doing that, the first thing I, I thought that we should do is, hey, we're taking a picture. They're holding the belt. They get to keep the belt, um, you know, for the month. And we would post that on Facebook and tag as many of those team members as we could. And just the friends and family commentary that was yeah. coming from it, the appreciation they were getting externally from the people that they love and respect, not not just from us. It, was, it wasn't about us. It was about their family and friends seeing how impactful they are being at work. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's great. Cool. And and when people start getting feedback from the people that they love the most, right, the ones that they spend most of their time with on the weekends and things like that, that's the spillover I'm talking about. Sure. So what happens at work, you know, is like, it's really great and it's really important, but then it starts to affect it. And then it even goes beyond social media then, right? Because mm. it, it really does. When, when we work closely with our teams, it impacts their personal life too. Like, what have you seen happen there? I've seen some huge breakthroughs in people's personal life that then correlated to um, them reaching potential in their in their job. Um, I mean, two people that come to mind for me are Josh Middleton and Jared Havens. Mm -hmm. um, trials and tribulations that they've went through in their life, um, j just as of recent, um, that they were able to lean on people that had recognized them from yeah. the plant, um, our leadership team that saw stuff in them that they didn't even see in themselves and to give them the confidence to say, you know what, here's what I really want to do with my life. And they just went after it, man. Yeah. And I don't think that would have happened had they not felt a backing and appreciation from their leaders. Right. Yeah. And, and it really is. I mean, every now and then, and I, I don't want to mislead anybody into thinking that it, it always happens like this, but it's not terribly uncommon mm. when we hear our people say like being part of this company and being part of what we're doing at Lippert has really changed my life. It's oh, yeah. not terribly uncommon for us to hear that. Mm -hmm. and, and I think when we talk about, you know, um, business being a force for good, that's that's kind of it, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, why just show up to work, clock in, clock out, get your paycheck, go home, you know, pay the bills, all that kind of stuff. That's great. And everybody needs to do all that stuff, right? But can it be deeper in terms of impact? Can it really spill over into your personal life. And we're finding more and more that that's the case. Sure. I mean, it's all about intentionality, yeah. right? Yeah. If you're not intentional about it, it becomes <clears throat> a flavor, right. right? It becomes a, oh, they're just doing this you know, because, and that's, you know, I have a lot of friends outside of Lippert and they're always like, is it real? Like, is it really like that? Yeah. And and I can't sit there and say that it's like that at every facility. For sure. Um, or every and, day. Or right? every and day. You're going to have some oh, tough yeah. days, right? Yeah. Yep. yeah. And But it's like, yeah, it, it is. <laughs> and, it's, and it's not because we're trying to make it like that necessarily. It's like, that's just who we are. I know. And it's fun. Like, you're going to spend 50 hours a week at work and like, Might as man, well be good, why, right? would, why would you want it to be doom and gloom? And right. hey, let's just hit this number and go home. It's, it's more about like, hey, let's create a great experience every yeah. day. So when you wake up, it's not, you know, it's yeah. all right. We're, yeah. we're doing let's this, have some this, fun. And this today. And let's compete. Right. Let's, 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 let's make some friends along the way. Right. And, and I have the same thing when people talk to me and just say like, come on for real. And I'm just like, <laughs> I, I know it sounds really odd, yeah. but 
yeah, yeah. it just kind of is. And, and I see it every day. Mm-hmm. And, and again, we're, we're not trying to be misleading by any stretch to say mm-hmm. that we don't struggle. We do. Yeah. Or that we have people that don't struggle because we have people that struggle. But man, what we're building is just gaining a lot of momentum, and it seems to be making a huge difference in people's lives. Absolutely. So this is great, Eric. So I, man, I so appreciate it. Your insight and then the practicality of what you guys are doing at Plant 45 is just phenomenal, in my opinion. I've been just extremely honored to be able to have a, a, a bird's eye view, you know, and an up-close view in terms of what's happening with you as a leader and, of course, with the team over at 45. So really proud of the work that you guys are doing. Um, let, let's just... For people that are listening and they're just saying like, all right, that's not right now what we're doing in terms of celebration and recognition. Like, give us a couple of takeaways. Let's let's do like a mini leadership training for like, if you were talking to another business owner and they were kind of consulting with you about, okay, so what do we do and how do we push into it? Well, give us a couple of tips to help them take steps. Sure. Um, I think the first step is look at the structure of your business and what what things are punished? I, I don't want to say punished. It's a harsh word. Sure. But what things are negatively reinforced yep. versus positively reinforced? Like what? A uh, great example would be like attendance. Okay, sure. Pun- punishing people for not showing up to work versus rewarding them for showing up to gotcha. work. Gotcha. Sort of thing. And, yep. and again, Quality is another one like that, right? Quality is another one. Instead of saying, hey, uh, you know, we're going to write you up because you, you didn't see this or you didn't catch it or you produced a bad part, it's – we're going to reward you for producing yeah. good parts and catching quality issues. Quality warrior. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's I hear you. It's just taking those things and flipping them will kind great. of ignite that positivity that will breed some creativity and celebrating the team members. Awesome. Give give me give us a little bit more to help people start taking steps. Sure. Um, I mean, I would honestly sit down with your core staff or, or whatever that looks like and yep. say like, "Hey, look." Who are the individuals that are making this thing tick and performing every single day at a high level? What can we do to reward those things, right? If you're past the point of taking some of the negative reinforcement and flipping it, now it's time to get creative. Right. And, you know, I look at the KPIs that we want to achieve as a facility, make those goals or or achievables that the people can can show that they can either uh, portray or do right. or execute on and reward that. Yeah, you know, you're in, so you're incentivizing basically the the behaviors that you want um, people to say like, yeah, this gets rewarded yeah. here at Plant Forty Five. So I'm gonna I don't know if I have time, and you may edit this out, and I'm cool with that, but I have to tell a story. Go ahead. So um, those that know me know my dog Paisley. Uh, she's a yellow lab, and we got Paisley uh, back where we're living in Indy, and. Like I didn't know anything about how to train dogs, you know. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I would sit there and and watch kind of what is it, the dog whisperer, Caesar, yeah, yeah. Caesar, Caesar. Yeah. yeah, big fan. And um, but before that, I, I just thought when the dog does something wrong, you know, um, goes to the bathroom in the house or chews something up, like you punish her, yeah. you know. And so that's the route I took, and it got to the point where like she never wanted to come to me. Because she was always scared that I was going to punish her or something like that. And um, then I started watching that show. And it's like, hey, it's all about positive reinforcement. It's about leading. It's about showing the dog. Like, you walk through the door before the dog does, right? And and when they do something correct, like, you praise, praise, praise. And um, it was just totally different yeah. when I started doing that versus the negative kind of re- reinforcement thing. And I think... You know, I'm not saying people are dogs. No, by but any it's mean, a but, principle, but, right? But yeah, it's the same Absolutely. thing. It's um, instead of hiding a quality mistake because you're in fear of getting punished, you, you're going to raise a hand because you're like, 
hey, this is the right thing to do. Right. And this is what this company pushes for us to see something, say something. That's so right. It's kind of that. I- that, that makes that makes a lot of sense because it's true with parenting, right? It was mm. true in coaching. Sure. So so you take that principle, and it has less to do with humans versus animals and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And it's a principle that actually works mm-hmm. across the board. And you're seeing that happen right now at Plant Forty Five, yeah. right? So you, the one other thing that we want to leave with people is you said this earlier about just like getting on that creative journey for making things happen. It sounds like you guys just kind of on the fly mm-hmm. do a little dreaming up, and then you kind of worry about refining it and making it good as you. You go right. Absolutely. So talk about the creative journey. That, part. That's the cool thing is you can't fail at recognizing team members, right? Right. So you know we great point. We would go to the extent of like I mean we did like an ice bucket challenge where if teams hit a certain goal they could dump ice on their leader <laughs> and we've done dunk tanks and um, it's the whole point of coming up with that is to always be thinking about people. And um, it's fun. It's very fun. You can see there's some stuff that impresses you about your team. Yeah as they start coming up with these ideas. And the biggest thing I tell them is don't worry about failure. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it and and be crazy yeah. about it. Right. And um, <laughs> some of our theme days are pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, we've come up with some really creative stuff uh, to do for those team members. And, and like, again, it's a great way to be like, I don't talk to you much, but that is the coolest costume <laughs> I've ever seen, you know? And, uh, and that, From Halloween to Hawaiian com- shirt right. days and That's all right. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. We didn't even get into that at all. Yeah, yeah. And, and we could go on and on and on, honestly, about the number of different ways in which you all have, have integrated and, and really embraced it. I, I mm. say integration, you know, I, one of the things that troubles me oftentimes is when we talk about um, our, our business world in terms of like the business side and the people side. And it's mm. like, it's the same thing, isn't right, it? It's, right. There's not the people in the business because without people, you can't run a business. And, and without a business, you know, I mean, you can't employ people. So mm-hmm. like we try to treat it like it's actually all one and the same. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Eric, it's been so good, man. Just hanging with you. Thank you for unpacking some of these things. Just um, I, I hope you paid a special note to some of the first steps that Eric encouraged us to do. Um, among them is like take, take next things that are typically seen as negative, turn them into positives, mm-hmm. right? And then you talked about just affirming the the behaviors that you want to reward. In other words, what are the things that we really want our people to do? And let's reward those things. Let's incentivize those incentivize those things. And then, last thing Eric mentioned um, in terms of takeaways for you today um, is is to get on the creative journey. Like try mm-hmm. some stuff. You won't fail at celebrating fail. and recognizing your people. There's no way right. to do it. Just try it out, refine it as you go, but just get on the journey. So I think those are absolutely great tips, Eric. It's been fun hanging out with you. Really Really proud of the work you and the team are doing over at 45. And again, if you're listening in today and you want to know a little bit more about how you can take steps, we're here for that very purpose. So thank you for, t- for today listening to the Built to Lead podcast. Let us know if there's any way that we can serve you and come alongside you in terms of getting on your own leadership and cultural journey. It's been a blast. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us and know that together we can use the 40 or 50 hours a week we have to influence and impact others and truly make business a force for good in this world. If you don't mind, do me a favor and leave your comments for us and share this episode with a few people. The world needs this message. Thanks again for joining us. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the view or mission of Lippert Components Incorporated.